Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. My guest today, very, very special guest, is Miss Lori Mitchell. She's the founder and CEO of Black Women in Technology. Now, that is huge for us. So, Lori, how are you doing? I can't wait to talk to you. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Doing well, Carl. How are you? I am fantastic now that I got you on the phone. And, uh, I mean, I just love the way we met and how we just started talking and that bond we got. I am curious to dive into all the stuff we're going to talk about women in technology. But first, Lori, I want our listeners to know, who is Lori Mitchell? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Lori, and how you got to be Lori Mitchell, founder and CEO of Black Women in Technology. Well, you know, it's it's a, a nice lengthy story, so I will try to give you uh, uh, the novelette, if nothing else. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am uh, from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, born and raised, and uh, did uh, very well in high school. Um, went to college uh, for a STEM uh, STEM career, STEM training. Uh, and eventually, uh, those types of things didn't work out for me. And I eventually went back to school, uh, community college, actually. That's why I love community colleges to this day. I became a respiratory therapist. Mm. And in the process of uh, being a respiratory therapist, after feeling all that adrenaline from saving lives and that kind of fun stuff, mm-hmm. um, I was also uh, able to really get involved in the technical end of, in healthcare. Uh, we had our own system, uh, own a system in our department, and I became the system admin for that uh, that department. And I had a ball uh, that was back in the in the nineties, and that was well before uh, the internet and the whole nine yards. And I learned DOS, and I, I learned all those things on on the fly. So what I did after being a respiratory therapist for some time. Uh, I decided to go back to school to get a bachelor's degree, and I got that bachelor's degree from Penn State University in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or Middletown, Pennsylvania, uh, uh, and in information systems, and I enjoyed that so much. I just could not believe 
that dad existed. <laughs> because uh, when anyone presented computer science to me before, it was some level of fear uh, because of words like assembler and Fortran. And I thought to myself, I will never, ever mm. want to take those uh, because everyone that I knew that had taken those classes did not continue with them. They uh, had to leave that particular major. Mm. So I was so happy uh, I took this information systems from Penn State. It worked for me. I eventually got a job uh, as a clinical analyst, which used my clinical background and my newfound technical knowledge uh, for a hospital system. And uh, had a ball doing that, learned so much, learned an incredible amount uh, about how technology works and how it relates to healthcare. Uh, I was uh, working in radiology. I did uh, lab stuff. I did interfaces. I did the whole nine yards. I was a clinical analyst, and it was incredibly wonderful. I loved it. So uh, after that, I went to another health system and uh, learned another skill, became an epic analyst, and it just kept going, kept, kept, kept going. And to this point now, then I am an IT director. Wow. I said all that to say. I said all that to say that, uh, you know, if we have a plan from the beginning, there's a whole lot of time that could be saved. But you can't have a plan if you don't know anyone in those circles in, wow. in that arena. Wow. So that's, that's what Black Women in Technology is for. Wow. And black Women in Technology, based on my experience, I feel very comfortable telling women, young women, people who are interested in transitioning from one career to the next, some of the things that they would need to do to, bam, get your job, get your job, get in there and get your job. And it's not all about getting a job, but it's about being able to uh, support yourself independently and to be able to, to manage yourself, your life. It's, it's economic development, personal economic development booster for yourself. Yeah. So that, yeah, and, and that's what I have found. Um, I found myself a divorced mother of two in the midst of all of this, and I was able to sustain, sustain my family, and that was mm. what was important to me. So Sweet. I will tell anyone, uh, it is definitely possible. Does everyone always have to go to school and be a comp sci major? No. Mm. Do you have to go to school for tech? Perhaps not. But there has to be something with you, that natural curiosity that's needed to find out what you are interested in doing and what you feel like you can do, because the learning is, is monumental. There's mm. so much, and it, some of it is so industry-based um, and content-based, subject matter expert-based. I love it. Mm. And um, it's really something that I think we can find traction in. And it's really something that I think we could use going forward to better our own communities. Mm, man, you said a couple words that uh, I took note of. First, you said this word fear, because, you know, I, I relate to young black women, specifically the fear of getting in that field because it's heavily dominated by men. Right. So there's yeah. some fear there. And even the fear that you felt in that, you know, the technical end of it. But then you also said a word about curious, you know, and I, I believe in order to be a techie, this is just my belief. Absolutely. You have to be curious about, oh, because you're going to have to solve problems every day. Technology changes like rapidly. So what you're looking at today is not going to be the same thing you're going to be looking at tomorrow. 
you also said a word about planning. Now, that's very yeah. interesting because one of the things that I'm a little bit disappointed in is that, you know, high school counselors don't really, you know, plan to help our kids. And, you know, they try no, they to don't. give them advice that I have a good friend of mine who's who's a 3D mapping expert now. And he mm-hmm. was told that he wouldn't do well in engineering. So for him to go and get into the art and, and now this guy's a 3D mapping expert. So I, I want to okay. just echo what you were saying, and not only for our listeners, but for those who hear it and want to share it to somebody else. This stuff can be learned and yeah. you can have fun at it. So tell me, how are you having fun at it? Well, I'm, I'm having fun because I work for a, a wonderful small company uh, right now, and I'm still in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And what we do, uh, we work in our IT department to provide uh, the infrastructure and foundation so our customers, our clinicians, can do what they need to do. So it, it, being able to do that and uh, being able to do some, some development, uh, we do uh, homegrown development to be able to provide solutions, and it's working great. It is really, really working well. I have a great team. Um, there may not be a lot of us, but uh, there are enough of us to get this job done. And I also have a wonderful time uh, as the founder and CEO of Black Women in Technology uh, trying, to, trying to help people. So uh, my, my foundation is healthcare. So uh, healthcare people always want to try to help something or somebody, mm-hmm. and we all we do. We just you know if it's <laughs> if it's sick, we want to heal it in the whole nine yards. So I've unfortunately sometimes taken that over to the IT part. I really do want to help and mm-hmm. help steer people um, to get to their goal with the less amount of, of stress as possible, and it can definitely be done. I'm convinced. And, and I think, too, to your point, if my counselor uh, had even mentioned, I knew I didn't even know anything about respiratory therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know anything uh, coming out of high school. So it was, you know, nothing was really uh, mentioned to me mm-hmm. about the directions that I could go. And I excelled in, in all my sciences. I was great in math. Um, I was great in writing. There were so many. So with that, there were so many different uh, venues or avenues I could have taken. Uh, But I've honed in on this one, and uh, I'm glad I did. Now, I'm I'm glad you're up here um, in the Bay Area. I guess a group by the name of WITI, Women in Technology, uh, a wonderful, wonderful conference. And so you've been connected with them for how long? And we got about another minute on this side, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. How long have you been connected with Witty? So I was approached by Witty about uh, two years ago, uh, and they inquired about forming a, a partnership uh, with Black Women in Technology uh, because they understand and see the need uh, for the inclusion and intersectionality that is needed in tech companies, and not just tech companies, but all across the board in tech spaces. And Black Women in Technology has over 500 women in L.A. alone who are part of the group. And if we can utilize um, our power, those numbers, to be able to 
uh, get in on the platform that Witty already has in place to open up the resources, open up the floodgates, provide everything that we need. We can get those, get in those places. We can definitely show up in those places because we, we, there's no reason for us not to be there. Mm. Well, I like to do this. We only got about 30 seconds. I want to share that we would love to entertain you being up here in the Bay Area. And this show, after the show's done, it becomes a podcast so listeners can hear it all around the world. But I want to make sure that um, that our listeners know who you are. So on the second half, we're going to talk about more about you and what you do. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Join the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce and watch your business grow. Participate in mixers, webinars, and training workshops to help start, finance, and grow your business. All with the help of the Chamber's certified Small Business Development Center's consultants for free. That's right. Sign up for one-on-one help from a certified Small Business Development Expert Advisor for free. Call 408-288-8806 or visit blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. And now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You know, uh, we talked earlier a little bit about your connection with Witty, and I know you wanted to give a shout-out to Carolyn and David. You want to talk a little bit about them and how they've helped you? I do. Uh, I definitely do. Uh, The main reason why is because uh, they have been very entreating and very helpful. And I really appreciate it because they get it. Mm. They get it. They understand the importance of uh, having a diverse workplace. And the thing that really uh, I love about Carolyn, Mm -hmm. uh, the founder and, you know, the matriarch of sorts of of the organization, Mm -hmm. is the fact that uh, she's been there. She knows uh, she is one of the few that have been there from from the beginning that started something to be able to bring women together for the purpose of empowerment in this particular field. And that's what I appreciate. Mm. That's I appreciate. Mm. And I appreciate the fact that she uh, told her son, look, dude, this is, this is how this is going to work. <laughs> You're going to help me. And he listens. He's a very good son. And uh, so I appreciate him also following suit with her leadership and him reaching out to me like from nowhere uh, was uh, a pivotal, pivotal wow. decision for me. And that's why I appreciate uh, them coming to me. They've been nothing but helpful to me the whole time. Wow. You know, David was on our show. So uh, there is a show that David did with us. And uh, and that really is a segue into the connections that made an impact in your life. David and Carolyn being one. Was there any other connections mm-hmm that you felt were really paramount that kind of got you to where you are? Well, there's always the the parent connection. Uh, I I appreciate my parents. My parents um, always put up with my uh, interest in science and, you know, always tinkering and taking things apart. And so uh, I definitely appreciate them. Uh, That's uh, Gloria and William Presley. All right. Give a Uh, shout out to Gloria and William. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and uh, I also appreciate uh, the women uh, that I have worked under throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have really helped me with, and, and they probably didn't even realize they were doing it because mm-hmm. you, you just didn't call it mentorship. Yeah. But 
the fact that I was able to work under them and learn from them, that was so important. There's, you know, my, my respiratory manager, Carol Shirey, uh, my manager, my IT manager, uh, when I worked for McKesson, uh, Kathy, uh, diff- different women have really made a mark in my career as a, a leader now so that I can understand how uh, to to care for, and that's literally what we're doing, care for people uh, under me and to also make sure that they flourish as well. You know, it's very important that your story gets out and for other young black women to hear this story. Is there anything that you can say that you would like to impart on them? I know you said a little bit earlier in the break about this boot camp that's going to be in L.A., and we actually just just finished hosting our Bay Area Black Youth Techathon. So is there anything mm-hmm. that you want to share with young black women that you feel that will motivate them to stay in the tech and, and really succeed in tech, in, in tech? Well, I do. I do. Here's the main thing I want to say. You, you belong there. Mm. And don't let anybody else tell you. Mm. Don't take no for an answer. You stay there. You stay there. There's no reason for you to take no. If I'd have listened and uh, went along with uh, uh, the looks. And I know, you know, one, mm-hmm. one manager in particular did not care for me whatsoever. I didn't go anywhere. I stayed right there. What are you going to do? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing my job. What, what are you going to do? So we have to feel comfortable that we belong. There's no, there's no reason in the world why we don't belong there. And we do have to feel comfortable about taking ownership. We take ownership. We need to work it. We need to know it. We need to be it. And that's what we should do. There's, they they can definitely they can definitely do it, wow. and and they have to just put put on that that strength and just go ahead and go forward because ultimately you work for an organization. The organization wants to succeed. How's the organization going to succeed? Because they have employees like you. It's the big picture. It's not the little, you know, the the, the little you know things biting at your toes. It is the big picture. It's all about succeeding, helping that organization succeed. That's the, that's the way we have to look at it. Now, Always do you? I, I want to ask you a question now because you talked about you know working for somebody, which is one way to get into technology. Now, when someone transitioned from working with somebody to, to have their own company, now is that a huge jump? Because do you yes, see a lot a of black job. women leading tech firms? Yes, I do. So I would love to give a shout out to to one uh, woman, uh, one woman in my group, uh, Akila Kamaria, uh, who is uh, fighting the fight mm. uh, with a uh, healthcare startup, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be using AI as the foundation to detect certain things. And I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. throw it all out there right. uh, because that's hers, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of women in our group who are uh, working as uh, entrepreneurs uh, who have either a small business or a startup. And uh, one of the problems they do have, again, as always, is with funding. So it is incumbent upon us to provide a means of funding for these women. And I think that's really something that we need to work on because it is a huge transition. Yeah. You go from getting a paycheck with, with benefits to mm-hmm. not, to, you know, to, to just making it, especially if you're bootstrapping, mm-hmm. it's not a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. So that's why most people don't do it. But 
I, I would like to encourage them to do it more because that definitely builds uh, that that builds community and that builds power. Having been an entrepreneur entrepreneur for over thirty years myself, I, I've come to see that if you want to stay healthy, be an entrepreneur. There's no sick days. <laughs> you got to make it happen. <laughs> I want to talk a little. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, cybersecurity, as I mentioned to you earlier, up here in the Bay Area, they have a college, Lake Merritt College. A good friend of mine, Jim Cates, is, I guess he's the president of this cybersecurity sort of section unit they have. And they have, a, as a community college, obviously they have a two-year degree, but this is a two-year certificate. And I know yeah. for a fact that these kids who graduate with this two-year certificate in cybersecurity Many of them are making sixty, eighty thousand dollars a year, and I met a young man who started at eighty, and within six months he was making a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a lot of money in technology. Uh, I would imagine they have those same types of schools and colleges in L.A. Or have you heard much about that? Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm just going to throw our little statistic here. I'm getting this from uh, a uh, University of San Diego website. Mm-hmm. Um, between uh, 2010 and 2014, cybersecurity job postings grew by 74%. In four years, 74%. So and, and we're well aware in uh, current news uh, how we are being bombarded constantly uh, with uh, you know, cybersecurity issues. We just had a breach the other week with uh, Quest Diagnostics and LabCorp, which is awful, you know, millions and millions of records. So it, it's identifying where these breaches are and being able to prevent those breaches. So there's room, not just for the, you know, the technical and, you know, standing there and putting up the firewall and trying to keep people from coming in and creating a little DMZ, but there's also room for policy mm-hmm. and uh, procedure that needs to be put in place because, most organizations, and I can talk from the healthcare perspective, healthcare has been hit like I don't know how many times because it can be because mm-hmm. of the way we do things. So uh, it, it's, it's a necessary thing, and, and if anyone ever goes for that, it is, it is I recommend it. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. You know, I, uh, when I was talking to Jim about it, he said, Carl, you don't have to really already be a programmer or in kind of the tech field you just have to be trainable right so you can see these things that it just means that people can learn these things the new the new person of the millennials and and people are coming up they have to they have to learn because people are going to be trained and retrained again you know before we before we even get near time to wrap up i want people to know how they can get in touch with you so Lori, would you kind of let people know if they needed to get in touch with you what's the best way to reach you the best way to reach me is to send me an email. I am at Lori, L-O-R-I, at blackwomenintech.com. And the Black Women in Tech is I-N, I, Black Women I-N Tech, right? Yes, yes, it is. Lori, you know, we really enjoyed you being on the show, and I, I want to give you one more, one more time to just say, you know, who you are and why your passion is for what you do. You got about a minute to kind of like give your parting remarks. My parting remarks. Okay. So I am passionate uh, for what I, uh, what I do uh, because I know what it feels like to be told that you may not be able to do this 
or that you can't do this because of there's a certain skill set or something that you don't have. Uh, and when you overcome that, to still be told, well, you're still not good enough. And I just refuse to believe that. So I formed this group to provide an opportunity for us as women, black women, to be able to discuss these items, these things, and then to go forth and to knock the walls down. Well, ma'am, we, Lori, we we really appreciate you being on the show. I, I'm just so excited. I, you know, we're going to have to invite you back, Lori, so we can talk more about what you're doing, not only up here in the Bay Area, but down in Los Angeles, and I believe you're going to make an impact around the country. So we want to thank you today, Miss Lori Mitchell, founder and CEO so of Black Women in Technology. We want you all to stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.